Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. It is great to be here. Good to be with you. Congratulations. We've got ourselves a series there, Braves fans. Way to roll. I, I, I'm really, I mean, listen, outside of Houston, the team that I don't want to see back in the World Series is the Dodgers. And so I found myself pulling pretty hardcore for the Braves here, Tom. Whoa, whoa, have, whoa! I pulling have. pretty hardcore. I can't, I can't deal with the Dodgers. You jumped out of your uh, couch last night when Jock Peterson went deep to right field. I don't know. I jumped off the couch, but I was like, yes. Wow! I can't deal Ed with the two Dodgers, Brute. man. Seven hundred million. Get the hell out of here with that! No, no, don't want to do it. And I can't root for Houston. Obviously, can't have them there. So I mean, we're down to precious few choices, buddy. I wanted the Rays to go, so did you. Didn't happen. What are you going to do there? We wanted the Giants to go. Didn't happen. They lost in heartbreaking fashion. So there are some pretty unlikable choices to make here, and I'm rooting for a Boston-Atlanta World Series. We are supposed to watch hockey at that point. That, that's what we're <laughs> supposed to do. These games I, have been good, though. They've been so good. You have to watch. Oh, sure. I mean, that Peterson home run was prodigious, prodigious last indeed. night. It's fun to say the word prodigious, I might add. Just saying prodigious is fun. And it aptly describes that home run where you go, oh, that's just going. That's like that it's climbing brutal. higher. And higher. Yeah. I mean, you could play some Creed underneath that home run because it's going out there. I, I was really happy to hear, though, that uh, our colleague and a coworker, Corey, took, was there. He took Brady with him last night. So they got to see that moment together. I, that is I, the walk off, of course, is better. But just when you go from the air is let out of the building, you're up one nothing in the series. And so you can kind of see how this is going. The Dodgers are going to respond. Correct. It's going to be one to one. And then with one swing of the bat. From a guy who's only playing full time because of an in, uh, a COVID absence in, on the L- LCS roster, everything changes. Now it's a ball game. Now you've got the place going wild. That's just that's really cool, and I'm sure those two are going to remember that forever. So awesome. Well, the other reason I was happy for him is that he attended the record breaking in the wrong way, ass beaten at the hands of the Cardinals. That was the last time he was at a playoff game. It was ten yep. to nothing in the first. I'll never forget. I was leaving the studio. It was a day game. We carried on the airwaves here. And uh, at at our old station, and it was nothing, nothing when I walked out to my car, and you know I can't root for the Cardinals, so I'm walking out to the car, yeah. and I was like, whatever. And then you you texted me, have you heard the game? And I was I hadn't even before I could even blink. Yeah. And and I said no. You're like it's ten to nothing in the first. <laughs> so Corey was at that game. Yep. So good for him. He got to see this, and I too was pleased. No, it's um. 
it's kind of fun watching that team play. You said it all week long last week and the week before, for that matter, that you had to admit that was a likable team. Oh, they totally are. and They, they are a well-run organization. Um, they were laughed at for what they did at the trading deadline relative to other teams. And I was not one of those that was laughing. Like I, I take my shots at the Braves, but I can also look at things rather objectively and see if a team is, is good, likable. They got some pieces that were going to help them make a run because the NL East was open for business. Mm-hmm. And I remember the Mets broadcasters making fun of the Braves. They were playing, I think it was five games in four days because of a doubleheader against right. the Mets. And they're talking about Atlanta like their season is over. And I'm like, Gary, that's our play-by-play. I'm like, what are you? No, man. Their season's not even close to over, and they may be the ones with the last laugh here. And you know what? They've been knocking on the door for a while. For them to be able to do all of this without Ronald Cunha is just amazing. Pretty crazy, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so... The playoffs postseason has been really, really good. Um, that excites me. I love the fact that we have the emergence of NHL, postseason baseball, NFL, college football, all coming together, a confluence of – it's almost overwhelming. It is a perfect time to be a sports fan, and then you get met with the football wins this weekend. You had to pinch yourself how great this was. Just sitting back, flip, flip, oh. flip, flip. You got four TVs working. It's unreal. This is two weeks in a row, but now we get the cool weather to come with. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier today, but um, we were out this morning playing in a charity mm. golf tournament. We were able to play the front nine before you know we'd come in to do the job, which oh, it's just so difficult to only play nine holes. And every single tee box, I believe our group, which included John, the GM here yep. at Real Talk 93.3, we're all saying to each other, man, can you believe this? Over and this over and over again. just perfect. Everything about it is perfect. Well, and then to add to it, the Gators lost, the Canes lost. It's a beautiful thing. And thank you, Jason, very much. As he noted here, what a great weekend. Suck it, Canes and Gators. Yep, that's, oh, that's a big <laughs> That'll work. That's an awfully kind gesture right there. You know, I didn't answer this question, Riley. And I, coming off a of bye week, um, as we get geared up for the UMass game, it really is a two-week stretch where it's kind of difficult to sink your teeth into Florida State specifically and spend two hours talking about the Knowles right now. So I have enjoyed playing the coach game where he fits here, this guy would be a good hire here. I do think Mark Stoops would be a good hire at Miami. I really do think that's the direction they should go if they make a move. But a lot of people, again, have come forth saying they, they, they just don't think that Miami's going to make a move. I don't know. I mean, it may end up forcing their hand here. I mean, if you think about what they've done up to this point, I, at some point, if you lose all your games, yeah, <laughs> it, it may be they may be forced to make a move. Yeah, to Stoops uh, to answer his question. I know he's asking you, but but Stoops scares me the most yeah. in Miami, just because it, it, it's not an immediate return. It's not a splash hire that's going to see them have the number three recruiting class in the country immediately. No, it's not. But he understands how to operate mm-hmm. an organization that operates with less and finds a way to, in the long term, feed it out and give them more chances for success. And if, even if that means that he's a hire who's a table setter for five years, the program is going to be in a much better position if they got to a place where they're used to winning eight to ten games a season and they're looking for somebody to put them over the top. Mark Stoops is a guy who can fortify your program. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. I, I kind of wanted him here. Well, I, I'm fine with what we have right now. I am too. I, I, I believe, am too. Yeah. Uh, Mark... Mark just doesn't move the needle. He's a good coach. But, I don't know that – and by the way, Briley's question is, Jeff, even if the buyout saves Manny through the 2021 season, they have to do something before next season because they can't possibly commit to a full season of this in 2022. What coach scares you the most? 
I don't know that there's a coach out there right now that scares me the most because I think any of the most viable or intimidating choices, like as it pertains to out-recruiting Florida State in the state, as it pertains to uh, being a draw for kids who aren't otherwise thinking of Miami, those guys aren't taking the Miami job because the dirty secret about Miami over the last decade is that they have not invested in football. Their facilities are lacking considerably. Uh, obviously, they don't even have an on-campus facility. They've got half of a damn practice facility, um, indoor IPF. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, any given weekend, 30,000, 40,000 people there in attendance. I, it's just not that great a job. It's just not that great a job. You need a guy that has a passion for it, gets it, understands that entire uh, the, the, the fervor around Miami. The people that are passionate about Miami are really passionate about Miami. It's just not a large enough group. You've got to be able to touch into that, into that community. And the number one thing you got to do, and I would have thought that Mark Rick would have been able to do this. Uh, unfortunate for him, health issues, everything else, he ended up walking away. But you got to understand that you build a wall around Miami and you keep yep. your recruits there. Yep. I mean, they got the most talent in any place in the country. Yeah, you gotta. You can't have Florida State and Florida rating South Florida on the regular, which is what we do. What, well, when we're right, when when the programs in the Southeast, whomever they might be, are operating to peak efficiency, they just stroll on into Miami and grab kids. Jimbo did it. Oh, absolutely. Well, he found a way. Yes, he he immediately. He had two position coaches that were solely focused on Miami, dividing it and conquering. And then Mark Stoops was the coordinator who presided over it, and Jimbo would visit every once in a while himself but as a head coach you're more limited there he did the groundwork while he was the head coach and waiting mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. the blessing in disguise for us as a football program is that he could f- he could found those relationships and cash in on them because he was the hciw uh, the one thing i want to go over real quick is I- i'm not relitigating that i didn't want norvell i wanted stoops more than norvell once we learned more about mike and people that we knew in that had ties to memphis or were in the industry Sound like it was going to be a great hire, but the reason I thought Stoops would have been a Mark Stoops that is would have been a good fit here at the time that this job was open from Willie to the next guy, you needed somebody who could do more with he less stability. Yeah, right. We were. I mean, we still are cash strapped as an organization, so you've got to find somebody who's used to operating with those parameters, not somebody who is used to like Bob was operating with unlimited resources. Unlimited. You need somebody who can find a way to make the budget work, and maybe they, they don't shop at the nice grocery store. They shop at the discount grocery store, and that's what Mark's been doing for a long time. The weekend that was, what stood out most to you? Because obviously, I think most people listening to this show, and if you're watching on Warchant TV or perhaps you're on other social media platforms, you collectively probably rejoiced late Saturday night for me. I think you all got very excited for me as you watched Utah hammer Arizona State winning 35-21, knowing that my preseason Utah bet not only is alive and well, but now has the inside track. You're right. Thank you, friends. I appreciate your support. I felt it. I, I, I saw that it was omnipresent on the boards. People were excited for me, Tom. Were you excited for me? Were you up to see the ending? Um, no. Yes and yes. Yeah, I, I was up late on Saturday. Hey, man, I won the money list of my golf league. I, Saturday yes, was a good time Congratulations for me. So to thank you, too. Thank yes. you. Mm-hmm. About 40 participants came out on top. That was nice. nice. Yeah. So I was in a celebratory mood. For me, I think the biggest takeaway is this season is going to deliver a chaotic result, at least one every single week. Mm. You can just bank on it. You don't know where it's going to come from. Purdue housing Iowa. As unbelievable. Well, I, I was yeah. on the back nine, and yeah. I heard that LSU beat Florida. I'm like, are you kidding me? 
I thought that number was oddly low. Vegas had it at eleven and a half when we were talking on Friday, yeah, and then it turns out that you're like holding on for DLI. Wrong team's yeah, favorite, yeah. as Lee Sterling would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a weird game. Weird game. Uh, I know that Anthony Richardson made some mistakes, but he's clearly the guy going forward, which bothers me because now they're going to part with Emory, and that's the right move. I think you've just got to start Anthony Richardson at this point. It's a. Uh, it, it's already now going to be, no matter what happens from here, a, a bad season uh, in Gainesville. I mean, they had higher expectations than this. Let's assume, I don't know that we can, but maybe you begin to assume a loss to Georgia as well, and the losses keep mounting. Mm, tragic, I know. It still seems like a spot where Mullen will draw something up for that particular game. Maybe. Not that they outright win, but I mean, this season is just every week. If you were to project, uh, say, peach, cotton, orange, fiesta, rose, sugar, we're getting, uh, we're, it's getting more and more interesting and difficult and fun, right? Because you could see, for example, uh, a, a, a Wake Michigan State in the peach bowl. <laughs> oh, my God. What I predict is chairbacks will be visible on the television screen. Mm-hmm. That's what I predict. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma State beats Texas, and we warned that it might very mm-hmm. well happen. Yes, and yes. now what does that do to their good fortune? Well, it puts them in a position to likely end up playing a game against, uh, if they win the, they're not going to win the Big 12. That'll be Oklahoma. So who's the two? Oklahoma's the two? Alabama's the three? Who's the, are you, one will be Georgia? Uh, well, Cincinnati's in there. They're, are they the three? Alabama four? Yeah, that sounds right at the moment. Or is Alabama not? Mm. I think, well, here's the problem. Alabama's got to win that SEC title game. They sure I, do. And I, if they let's don't, say that they're Georgia, not getting in. Let's say that Georgia outclasses them in Atlanta let's in the title beats game. Them. Just beats them, and then you've got two losses, and oh, say Ohio State doesn't lose another game. And, and their one loss is to Oregon at the beginning of the season. They go on to win the Big Ten. It's Ohio State is in, Alabama is out, period. At that at that point, you're it would be Cincinnati is in, Georgia would be in, Ohio State would be in. Not not in no particular order. You're not no, 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 no. Yeah. It would be well, and assuming Oklahoma wins the Big Twelve, no, Alabama's done. If that happens, if they don't beat Georgia, they're done. They're not going. And Good. if they do, they're in, and Georgia's in. Both would be. Yeah, yeah I guess it, both would, would be they, in, and then who gets screwed? So who would be number one at that point? Not Georgia. Uh, so could you have Alabama three and Georgia two? So they play for the third. <laughs> so then what? Ohio State or Cincinnati's the one? I, I don't know. See? We could get to that point. This is getting. See? I wanted oh. chaos. Well, I don't bring the head cold. What a weird. What a weird season for the Big Ten because Ohio State, Penn State. Yeah. Iowa, Michigan State's undefeated. Like, that league could have a slew of 10-game winners. That really is kind of crazy. I mean, hell, Michigan keeps winning. Now, a lot of these teams are playing each other, obviously, So we, but still, like, let's just say they lose a game. Right, yeah. Iowa doesn't even play Ohio State, so they may only lose that game that they lost and on they Saturday. Get, and then they get a crack at it in the title game. That's weird, man. So the conference championship games are going to matter greatly this year. I think that's the thing that we can say definitively at this point, halfway mm-hmm. through October, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Those games are going to be very, very important for the first time in a long time. Get me, just get me a scenario by which Alabama is not in the postseason playoffs. Can we do that? Can, no, no college football playoff for Alabama. Wouldn't that be the second time in recent memory? It doesn't feel that way. No, but it, it would doesn't be. feel that way. I mean, get the hell up out of here. I mean, for that matter, give me a playoff with. 
Utah, Cincinnati, uh, Georgia, and uh, Oklahoma State. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I say that out loud. I don't well, think I want that. <laughs> well, well yeah, I don't get But it would be very, very beneficial for college football to have a bizarre Final Four teams in the college football playoff. Because you you, you know Clemson's not going to be there already. And say Alabama doesn't make it. That alone is good for college football. And I'm, this isn't me taking shots at those other schools that have done the right thing, just yeah. like kicking ass and stockpiling players and dominating on the field. I'm saying just if you want to have something beyond a regional bias, you want a wide variety of groups that have a shot at this thing. I don't think Alabama's going to slip up in the regular season again. But let's just say they did, and then they lose the SEC title, and they're a three-loss team. You could see uh, Clemson and Alabama play in the Champs Bowl or something. There you go. There's your annual matchup. You go Be take great. it down to Orlando. Uh, here you go, everybody. Alabama-Clemson on December the 7th. <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Short segment here before our own Irash Bell. Warchant.com will be joining us bottom of the hour, so we'll uh, make way soon enough. Yeah, anyhow, the whole point was that uh, for all the years that we've wanted some sort of chaos to ensue so that the uh, jumbled mess at the top could help, I don't know, reveal some higher truth about this system being bankrupt, you're getting it this year. I don't know. You know, it's again, we're, we're, we probably are heading towards an expanded playoff anyhow, which is what people wanted that chaos to begin with. Yeah, I hated that the Texas-Oklahoma move slowed the, those talks. I was just hoping that we could get that done by, I don't know, two, three seasons from now where you're looking at a 12-team playoff with some bye weeks or whatever and or 16 teams. It, just, it needs to be a lot bigger. It, it's ridiculous. If you think about it, we, we hate professional sports because there's too many teams in the playoffs. But look at the NFL. Certain, yeah. You get 12 out of 32. That's a pretty good number, right? You know, well, actually, now it's 14 now. 14 out of 32 teams. Can't ever go beyond that. You go four out of 130? Like, we can do a little bit better. Well, I mean, let's be honest. There are different levels of football being played where you couldn't consider 70 of those 130. Okay, so four out of 60. You know, like, still, that that's uh, that's pretty small. And when you have done what the playoff has done, which is devalue the rest of the New Year's Six Bowls, you've got to mm-hmm. find a way to make other games count again, even if you know that Alabama would take out number eight TCU in a random season. Like, they would be favored by 25, 30 yeah, points. Yeah, they would beat the first, hell out of TCU. Well, force yeah. them to do so. Force them to do so and allow TCU the chance, you know, to well, have understand. an extra game, yeah. get, get an extra check, whatever. It's all good for the sport. So uh, we talked about uh, number two getting knocked off convincingly by Purdue. That game wasn't uh, really competitive, uh, oddly enough. 
240 receiving yards on 11 catches from David Bell in that game. That's the the bigger story. Not that Iowa lost the game because they always do against somebody that you go, that was middling, this was always going to happen. Iowa was always going to lose a game that they shouldn't. It's who they are. Just like they also win games that a lot of times people don't expect them to win. So that's just kind of the mix and the match which you get with them. But their pass defense has been legit for two years. To have a guy go off for 11 catches, 240 yards, that was a big story there. Moreover, uh, I wanted to point out, as we correctly guessed, Within that group of top five teams, good uh, kudos to Lee Sterling, who said that uh, Cincinnati would beat uh, UCF uh, in a throttling fashion. 56-21 indeed mm-hmm. is a throttling. Uh, and I like to, to make fun of um, UCF's hire, which I did in the offseason. And I know, they lost a starting quarterback. They're getting drubbed. That ain't coming back anytime soon. Uh, also... You now have uh, Caleb Williams as a legitimate superstar, and just like that, Oklahoma is probably a team now that you think is good enough to run the table in the Big 12. Good enough, yes, but a very interesting game with Oklahoma State now, right? Given what Oklahoma State plays a little bit of defense, Oklahoma still does not. That could be really interesting. It could be a game at 38-34, something like that. It lives in the middle. We're used to seeing 62-57 in those games, but it might be a little bit lower scoring this year. I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm... it's there are what this season has done. Why am I bringing up these results? Well, again, Florida State didn't play, and they're playing UMass this week. Two, we are seeing the kind of uh, this reminds me of a season prior to the postseason being uh, relegated to exhibition. It was always exhibition football in a lot of ways, but when the bowls mattered more, all of those games felt and and listen, it used to be a big deal to go and win the Gator Bowl or the Peach Bowl or whatever, right? We, we used to place value on those bowls before the system changed. This season has given us enough games and matchups and results that have you wanting to see, even though you know that there are two teams competing in this particular game that are not going to be part of the meaningful postseason, because it has spread out the amount of parity has spread out this year. You're getting great games. Like, did you think before the season that you'd care at all to watch Ole Miss, Tennessee? Maybe because of the Lane Kiffin thing. But other than that, that game, you knew that would be a good game. It was a great game to watch. Um, Oklahoma State, Texas, two teams. I'm not a huge believer in Oklahoma State. They've won on defense. They run the football. They're effective in that way. They're, they're kind of an average offense, a very good defense, oddly. But I wanted to see that game to see if Texas was mature enough to handle those kinds of games. Oklahoma State now wins undefeated all of a sudden, like you said. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is really interesting. Yeah, and it's for a lot of marbles. For a lot of marbles. Yeah, and all of a sudden, games like Pitt-Clemson are really interesting. Pitt-Clemson is really interesting. I wanted to see North Carolina and Miami. Who, Who wanted to quit more? Who was... Well, 45-42 is a fun game to watch. We've had a ton of these, a ton of these. So this is a season that feels a bit retro to me, where every weekend, even though you knew it wasn't about going to the college football playoff or a Fiesta Bowl, but rather you just love the sport and you like even matchups and you think there's real intrigue in the storylines, this is every Saturday. There's seven to eight games. Like, why else am I watching Stanford-Washington State? You might not have, but I was. That game ends up being a three-point game. It's a fun game. There are a lot of games like that every weekend right now, which is good. It's good for the sport that way. Irish Fell joins us next. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchan TV. The 
Jeff Cameron Show on War Chant TV is brought to you in part by Lane's Medical Shop with locations in Colquitt and Donaldsonville. Lane's Medical Shop offers all your medical supply needs. They even have delivery and emergency services available. Lane's Medical Shop, 229-758-9111. Tell them Jeff Cameron and Warchant.com sent you for a half-off discount. Let's go talk to my man, Irashfell, Warchant.com. Hello, Ira. How are you? I'm good, Jeff. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Uh, what do you expect to see this week? What do we need to see this week? Just, I know we know it's a win, right? I can't assume that, I believe, uh, over UMass. Just more growth, more continuing uh, of, of what we talked about on the roundtable on Warchant.com, just seeing the secondary get better and better, better communication. What do you want to see? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to evaluate from a game standpoint. When you look at UMass on paper, you know, they're one of the worst teams in the country, you know, in every category. Mm-hmm. They didn't get... They didn't have a whatever twenty game losing streak or whatever it was uh, by accident. They're they're not very good in, in any area. Uh, so really, totally a hundred percent has to be about yourself and and how you prepare and, and how clean you play. So I think that's going to be what the coaches are focusing on. I think that's what you know. I think as a fan or media, what you want to see in this game is you know just Florida State play a clean football game. Uh, no turnovers, not a lot of penalties, not a lot of mistakes. Just a clean, efficient game, and then. Theoretically, yeah, you'd like to get some of those young guys in if uh, if you take care of business. You know, it's funny. We've spent a lot of time today, Ira. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, we just need to see continued growth from Florida State. Like, this season is playing out so oddly across the landscape of college football, but specific now to the ACC. Man, you watched, I'm sure, on Friday night, Clemson struggle mightily with Syracuse, and you look around, other than NC State, is there, all of a sudden, I guess what I'm getting at, the schedule suddenly gets more interesting. We thought it would be a whole bunch of uh, imminently difficult games to win. Now they feel winnable? Dare I say, do we dream on a Monday like Tom did to start the show today, that uh, Florida State could be in a position, if they play well this week and they get out of this healthy, to go up to Clemson and play into the fourth quarter? I mean, why not? I mean, for, for Clemson, for Florida State, to, to to not be able to do that, that's going to mean either they play terribly, which you, you'd hope they're past that, or Clemson just totally figures something out completely uh, in the next week or, or 10 days, and it just doesn't seem likely. I mean, the, the issues they have are the issues they have. Their offensive line struggles. Their quarterback is, is you know not ready or, or, or certainly behind that offensive line. Um, so their offense is just a mess. Now, if you go up there and play bad, then, yeah, you could still lose um, a, a lot of the game, but if you play decently, if you play well, that's a game. Yeah, Florida State should be able to hang in. So it's not like you know there have been years in the last few years where you felt like okay, Florida State would have to play out of their minds, and Clemson would have to play terrible for it to be a close game. That's not the case anymore. I mean, that team's uh, you know very fallible, and uh, you know I think as you said, the rest of the schedule. I mean, NC State at home is going to be a really tough game, um, but you like you know your chances in some of these other games. Mm-hmm. You never would have thought. What stood out to you today at the press conferences? Was it uh, the depth chart or something one of the coaches said? What, what, what stood out to you? Uh, nothing crazy. I mean, you know, again, it was our second press conference during the bye week. We actually talked to them last week after the North Carolina game, so there wasn't a ton of new stuff to talk about North Carolina. Um, I thought, you know, one kind of interesting thing was, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, uh, just listening to, you know, Mike Norvell and, and the staff, um, talk about their opportunities to get on the road last week because they really haven't had many opportunities uh, because of COVID last year. And then uh, during the season, you know, Norvell's gotten, I think he's gotten the one or maybe two games during the season, but it's hard on Friday nights to get out to high school games. 
And um, but they were, you know, they had several days to do it. He saw games. Uh, I guess he said Wednesday through or mm-hmm. Thursday through uh, Saturday, and uh, and you know just the the response they're hearing from from high school coaches around the state, the interest that high school coaches uh, have in the program, what they see for the program. He thought he said it was a lot of you know very positive feedback, and uh, you know a lot of the high school coaches were relating their experiences um, that you know when they were building programs, and this is some of the you know coaches that some. I mean, he went and watched some of the best teams in the state. Uh, play football so um you know so just some of that i mean i think it's just good for him and his staff to get out in person um across the state because they just haven't had that many opportunities over the last year and a half you wrote a story about the depleted wide receiving core um looking for a stronger second half to the season we're all looking for a stronger second half from a lot of groups I've, we talked some in the round table on warchant.com about that secondary i think we see some evidence that there's some guys there maybe emerging as plus players we'll see if it rounds into form with consistency what during your research to write the story did you kind of come up with in terms of what's possible moving forward with this receiving core because they have a long way to go they have not provided much so far up to this this point yeah, really. The, you know, I was just more kind of looking back as much as I am looking forward. You know, how you, how you got to this point where um, you know you really just don't have much veteran leadership, and you know the the three classes that should be the the fourth, you know, third, fourth, and fifth year guys at wide receiver, you know, really all, almost totally depleted. You have three of those nine signees uh, remaining, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, you know, Keyshawn Helton, Pokey Wilson, um, and. Uh, um, the other oh Jordan Young eighty three Jordan Young yeah yeah and uh, and he doesn't really play so and then Keyshawn was a little bit banged up earlier this year so you just didn't have even you just were throwing young guys out there with really without really any veterans to lead the way so um, you know I think that you know it's been trial by fire I mean I think that that's one thing that you know you asked earlier about takeaways from the the press conference I mean I think part of it and it relates to that group especially is. Um, you know, the first half of the season, uh, you know, some of these guys are playing or starting for the first time. And so you go through those, you know, troubling times. You go through that adversity, and you look at these last couple of games and say, okay, they're starting to come through it. And so maybe the worst, maybe you're through the worst of that. Maybe, you know, it's not like these are all third or fourth or fifth-year seniors, guys, veterans that have played, and, and, and you've seen their ceiling. A lot of these, you know, newer starters, you know, defense like DJ Lundy and Kellen Deloach, some of those Sidney Williams, some of those guys. This is their first really first year in extensive action, so they've kind of played through a lot of their problems. And you'd like to think the second half you're going to see uh, some, you know, put that put that behind them. Yeah, that that group does have more talent, not a lot of talent, not a lot of depth of talent, but more talent than we've seen. Maybe with Jordan Travis getting more comfortable throwing from the pocket and, and having an identity uh, that you'll see some of these guys uh, kind of take ownership, as you wrote about in the column, and, and, and emerge a little bit in the second half. Always appreciate it, brother. You'll be good. Thanks, Jeff. See you, man. All right, take care. IrishFL, WarChant.com. Yeah, you know, you're doing um, kind of ticket inventory during the bye week. It's an extended bye week, oddly enough, uh, as you have an opportunity to uh, play a UMass team, and I know people roll their eyes to hear me say that. They go, have we not learned our lesson? You thought we couldn't lose to Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State would be favored by a lot over the likes of UMass. That's how bad this UMass team is. I'm, I'm, uh, yes, I'm confident in saying that they're not going to lose to UMass. In fact, they're going to win comfortably against UMass. I'm just interested in the fact that you know we, we talked about recruiting a little bit ourselves earlier, and, and Ira echoed the sentiments that you know Mike Norvell was saying. Well, it's 
sure nice to get on the road and be able to do it. You know, that, that's that's a good thing for the program. Probably is going to help yeah. the program. A little bit. But I come back to ahead of this week, You know, if you treat this game with maturity in a way that we did Correct. not treat the Jacksonville State game with maturity, and that's from the coaching staff on down, starts at the top, you handle business and you get some of these banged-up players in the trenches and in other key positions off the field by halftime, early third quarter at the latest, then you've given them the best shot that you could possibly have given them with the bye week to be healthy for the stretch run. Four critical games against Clemson, NC State, Miami, and Boston College. I mean, come on now. You've got to have those guys ready to go, and we're about to play in more physical games. Whether or not these are opponents that are as good as we thought they were in the preseason is immaterial. I think it's a fact that when you play Clemson, NC State, Miami back-to-back-to-back, those are three really physical games. And you have to be in good condition in order to be able to survive those games and not suffer the attrition that will put you in a position going on the road to BC and say, well, we don't have anybody left. There's nobody left. The oddity of us having fun at the expense of uh, a bye week before the UMass game, saying, are you kidding me? Wouldn't we rather have this before the Clemson game? The oddity is that was all preseason talk for us. This bye week could not have come at a better time. Of course, there's no way of projecting who's going to be hurt, who's not, when when that happens. But they were getting slightly, ever so slightlier, slightlier, <laughs> healthier is what I was trying to say, uh, on the offensive line prior to the game against North Carolina. And it showed. Uh, you saw them actually win the line of scrimmage, uh, I dare say. it's uh, There were a lot of factors in that, in particular with the way in which Jordan Travis was able to uh, utilize and, and successfully read. Um, you know, I, the read option stuff from him was, yep. I mean, he was remarkable. And that opens things up. Obviously, that adds another dimension to the running game. It helps you just mathematically, the extra hat. But that indicator that they were getting better and healthier, and then we get this by. I'm just holding my breath that another step forward is taken because if there was any way that you were going to dream of being in the game on the road against Clemson, it's that that's the recipe, is that they continue to get healthy and they get stronger and they get confident and they get more reps together, even in a game like this, coming off the bye, but they also get off the field earlier, say mid-third quarter, maybe even earlier, and then you got an opportunity to go up there and hold your own for a half, put game pressure on Clemson, who's already really reeling when it comes to confidence. You can see that. You can see sort of the false bravado. You brought it up before where Dabo is trying to proclaim you know, how big a deal it is to go win on the road against that team, against Syracuse. So, you know, maybe, just maybe, it's possible with our front four going against a very struggling um, offensive line for Clemson, maybe you are in it. Yeah, what's also interesting about this particular matchup with Clemson is, again, they play pit in between. So who has the advantage for the longer period of time to rest up? You know, that was a tight game that Clemson had to play against Syracuse. Sure, they get the extra day out of it, but that's not, you know, a huge deal. Yeah. They play pit. We go bye week, UMass, Clemson. It's not a pipe dream, and it's not unreasonable to expect that we're in the game with Clemson in two weeks. It's not unreasonable to expect that we play with them toe-to-toe because of the way they're playing this season. Is it unreasonable to project a win at this point? It's within it's it's possible, but I don't know if like you're if it's reasonable to say we're going to go up, we're beating Clemson. That's just the end of it. We're we're a better football team. That's a little far for me, but I would be more shocked than not if Clemson was two and three scores ahead in the second half when we play up there in two weeks. They don't I score just, enough. Well, they don't, and and not against anybody seemingly. Um, really, we remember they should have lost to Boston College. Fourteen against Georgia Tech. What are we doing here? It's. 
it, it's unimaginable that we sit here today, the week of the UMass game, given where we were two weeks ago, and we're having a straight-faced conversation about the possibility of being in the game on the road against Clemson. We thought before the season, with all that had happened, and then we saw, uh, let's say we thought right after the Jacksonville State game, that there was reason to believe that you could lose that game by 42. And you, know, oh, you, yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't even no doubt. Eyelash, right? Yeah. No doubt. Now you'd be stunned if Florida State lost by more than 14. 21? Yeah. Yeah, they well, get to the, uh, into the yeah, 20s, yeah, into, the 20, the 20s. into the 20s, right? That, that yeah. would be like, man. I think we'd be Did they surprised. figure something out just yeah. in time? That yeah. stinks. You'd be you'd have a reason to be bitterly disappointed. Well, I expect yeah. to be yeah. in a in a toe-to-toe street fight with Clemson. At, mm. uh, that's fair. That, uh, well, it has to be. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's just I'd have to pinch myself to believe that, but I understand the evidence on the field suggests it's true. They're they're having a larger issue at Clemson beyond the offensive line. That's that's why I I agree with you is that they're it's more than personnel. There's something else happening there, and we've watched this happen to any number of programs, including our own. So we know what it looks like. I hope it's multiple things. Oh, I hope I, it's not I, just one thing. I hope it's 17 different things, something and they can't different. survive it. You know, the, People if, resign. You're talking to Walt Deptula next week. He's like, oh, it's something every day. I get a call every day about something else going wrong. I'm actually looking forward to that conversation. I have to agree. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Got the gig Wi-Fi, Tom? Are you up that fast? Are you asking me if I have gig Wi-Fi capabilities from Xfinity, sir? I am asking you if you have gig Wi-Fi capabilities from Xfinity. I have all types of capabilities from Xfinity, and let me tell you about some of them right now. You have 50 Mbps megabits per second, <laughs> like it's nothing, man. You should see some of the yeah. things. That are downloaded off of Xbox Live, you know, when I get the new games. Mm-hmm. I've got the EA Pass, mm-hmm. so every time that they create a new title, so it's like, say, Madden 22 right now, that means Madden 21 is available to me. I'm not paying that premium price to get the brand new game. Oh, I get last year's game. Buddy. All right. But those 50 gigs, I download that game like nothing. <laughs> I use fast. the Xfinity Stream app in my home, Chromecast it, patch it all together. It's like having your cable box <laughs> throughout the home. <laughs> Click or call 1-800-XFINITY or visit an Xfinity store today. Also, gig Wi-Fi requires gig, gig internet. i, I, I got to get that right. I almost said something bad there. I had caught myself. All right. Yep. The gig internet. Giggity gig goo. internet and compatible gateway. Actual speeds vary, but this goes all the way through the 31st of October. There we go. A special offer, $300 back. When you get gig speed internet, get started with 50 MB, Mbps. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's megabits per second. There you go. All you kids know about this stuff. I just know. Does this work? Well, you need to know. Like is it, it going to buffer or not? $20 a month for 12 months with a one-year agreement. Xfinity Stream app, man. That's how I, I put Red Zone on that, and then the featured game on the right on the back deck, and you wouldn't even know it. You'd be like, Tom, how much does it cost to have two coax cables run out here? I'm like, I don't know. There's only uh, one. <laughs> There's only one plus the Stream app. My man. Yeah, man. All right. Let's do some probables. I want to get this done because I'm excited about this game and I'm excited about tomorrow's game and I'm excited about Monday Night Football because I'm betting on it. Here we go. Let's get to brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. It's time for how you say with the pitching, uh, probably. Stroh's Red Sox. Come on, Red Sox. Can't deal anybody but the Stroh's. 
Back-to-back Grand Slams. First inning, second inning. What are we doing here? You saw that, right? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a suck it. How about the sequence for Kike Hernandez on Friday? Yeah. Boy, I, I got the giggities now. Yeah. Makes that diving catch with two outs, breaks in on the ball, gets a great jump on a little flare into left center field, then hits a 450-foot dong the next half inning. You sound like Boston's play-by-play man. What a great jump. <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jose, your quiddity goes for the Astros. Eduardo Rodriguez going for the Red Sox. Tomorrow, Braves, Dodgers, you'll get Charlie Morton. Morton! Uh-oh. Oh, Up 2-0 with Morton this, on the mound? Could this be 3-0? Oh, no. Come on, Charlie Morton. Walker Bueller. Trapper Keeper. Going for the Dodgers. Also, don't forget, we'll also get that uh, the game on Tuesday. You get uh, back-to-back games, 5 o'clock and then 8 o'clock. Stroh's Red Sox again. That'll be game four, and that is TBD versus TBD. And yeah. that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. If you're LSU, to put a ribbon on this real quickly, Joe Brady, Luke Fickle, Billy Napier, Dave Aranda, Lane Kiffin, Mel Tucker, Mark Stoops, James Franklin, Mario Cristobal, Jimbo Fisher, your pool of coaches, it is said to be. So you're saying, I, I got to rank them? Is that what you're saying? Spend some time this evening sitting around between games deciding who mm-hmm. of that bunch would you hire. Yeah, well, it, I think that's... I think Miami ought to go after Mario Cristobal. Would he take that job? Would you leave Oregon for that job? Because you have unlimited money at Oregon, although you're stuck in the Pacific Northwest. And I say stuck, while that's a beautiful area of the country to live, it is also the middle of nowhere when it comes to recruiting. So this is Miami making a choice. I just brought him up because his name has okay. been mentioned as a possible candidate for, at LSU. So for Miami, you would go Cristobal Stoops, right? Those are your the top two. If you've got the money to make it happen, those yeah. are the two that you got to yeah, go after. I would do that. Yes. If you're LSU, you're going Joe Brady. You're going Jimbo probably. Jimbo first and maybe Aranda, you know, just to see. All right, how buttoned up is he? Also, really quick, just to clarify some things for folks on the board here. Uh, Jimbo Fisher does have a massive contract at Texas A&M. It does not include a penalty to leave. Correct. Yeah. The buyout is if he's fired <laughs> because Texas A&M would have to pay him all the money. Right. But if he leaves, there is no buyout. There he is can, no he buyout. Can just walk. He can walk whenever he wants, which is a crazy deal because he's got all the money and all the power. To the guy who originally said yes to the deal at LSU <laughs> when <laughs> he created and crafted that deal at Texas A&M mm-hmm. to get Jimbo there. Yes. Oh, the irony. Now, they extended it, and, and Strickland was gone, but there it is. Buffalo, Tennessee, we watching a blowout tonight? We're watching Buffalo big again? Are they going to put the hammer down? It feels like it. It does feel like it. Also, doesn't feel like Tennessee's viable. No, it's it's an incomplete pass over the head of Julio Jones again. You know, that's what it feels like. It's like, man, that, that's just not going to work, is it? As they're punting, and uh, ball, you know, Buffalo's up 17 nothing, getting the ball. How fun was Dallas, New England? That was crazy. Crazy game while we were doing the Sunday wow. Smash. That was you, nuts. You ruined it because you had a, a lead broadcast by about 10 seconds How? Every time. How was mine? My internet speed must be faster than your well, internet speed. No. My gig speed is faster than I your was gig doing, speed. I was doing the show, uh, producing the show yeah, from the CP. That's right. I was producing from the CP because uh, I needed to get away from animal dander and the ragweed, and so I decided I, I want to watch football while I'm doing that, so I went for the 4 o'clock window. 
to the CP, and I think the DirecTV feed is just that much Miles slower than, than the uh, Xfinity feed. Little yeah. did I know that when I proclaimed touchdown Dallas, that it would ruin it for you and everybody else. <laughs> they hadn't I mean, even lined up like, on the ball. What are we doing? I was like, what is he talking touchdown, about? Touchdown Dallas, game's over, Tom, you can go home. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're piping in saying, that's another big play for the Cowboys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> touchdown Cowboys. You're like, what is, stop doing that. It's like me with the uh, the old MLB app. Yep. Ding. Oh, Tom. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, you and I were talking about relative conference strength or coaching mm. circle, carousel, whatever, yeah. and yeah. you're like, oh, my God, New England just scored. Yeah. I'm like, oh. It's second and seven. They're at the 50. How? I yeah. wish I wished that you were the only person in the world that got in that information, like not even in Foxborough. They didn't know, yeah. so I could live <laughs> bet. Could live I could bet just boom, hammer boom, boom, touchdown boom. plus 6,000 on this play. I'll tell you what. This is another reminder that Vegas is on the pulse of everything that happens in the National Football League. Baltimore favored against the Chargers after we watched that Chargers team, and Baltimore beat that ass. And by the way, congratulations. Devonta Freeman was the leading rusher in that game. What's interesting is before that game kicked off, mm-hmm. and I'll take a look, I found a place where there are extra metrics. And it's not like, you know, anything crazy. It's just they put all these metrics together from the advanced scouting services. And it demanded, the numbers demanded that Baltimore was going to run it right down the Chargers' throat. Well, and they'd be able and I, I was scared as I was watching. I'm like, oh my God, wait a minute. Have I found the almanac in Back to the Future 2? Oh, please Have I found Biff did, Tannen's Let's Almanac? Go. Let's go. Yeah, we'll, we'll take a look at it for tonight's game after the show's over and see what it says. You saw where uh, Aaron Rodgers endeared himself to Chicago fans forevermore as if he hadn't already with a 10-3 and record there, now 11-3 and all-time at Soldier Field. Boy, oh boy. Celebrating in October. That's what he does. No, but did you see? did you hear the celebration? I did. He's not wrong, but it's a toughie. Yeah, but that's who he is, man. He's the one who did the pelvic yeah. thrust in Tampa before he quit last year. No, he did Like a clown. He quit and 20 minutes after he did the pelvic thrust. Raced. Good work out of you. Good work, Matthew. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. Be well. Have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Simple Headlines. Peace.